Witcher's Tale. The fascination of the eerie. Weird, blood-chilling tales told by old Nancy, the witch of Salem, and Satan, her wise black cat. They're waiting, waiting for you, now. gloom and shadow for this cheerful yarn. <laughs> now draw up to the fire and gaze into the embers. Gaze into them deep and soon you'll see inside a house way down in Mexico. Mexico where once a bunch of Indians lived. They're all dead now, them old Aztecs the Spaniards conquered, but <laughs> sometimes the dead are very much alive. Now begins our story about the knife of sacrifice. <laughs> the knife of sacrifice. <laughs> I achieve the digging. That's another robber we beat them. <laughs> We're certainly the champions tonight, Mr. Liar. Your deal. You and I will take him for a ride this time, Pete. Uh, I doubt it. I can't keep my mind on cards while that mestizo out there keeps up his rotten fiddling. Isn't he ever going to stop? You're not still objecting because Manuel chooses to serenade his beloved in this gorgeous moonlight. <laughs> if he puts that fat cook of ours in good humor, by gee, I hope he keeps it up all night. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. Then perhaps you'll think of something else to feed us besides tortillas and fijoles. Tortillas, frijoles, and don't forget the enchiladas. Ah, uh, if I ever get out of this infernal country, I hope never to taste, see, smell, or hear anything Mexican again as long as I live. <laughs> And that remark from a gentleman who was christened Pedro Jose Marie Morales. <laughs> Since we came to Zagatlan, Pete, you've certainly acquired a grudge against the land of your ancestors. Ah, oh, chuck that, will you? You know, the only thing Mexican about me is my name and my looks. I can't even speak the language of the blasted country. I wish you and your wife would lay off about my half-breed ancestry. You hear that, Eunice? Pete would have us forget that on the maternal side, he's a direct descendant of the Emperor Montezuma. <laughs> All right, Pete. I promise never again to mention that you resemble an Aztec king. And that I'd give anything to see your bronze beauty draped in a feathered cloak and headdress. Well, I got the cards all dealt. Pick them up. Oh, let's not play anymore. Bridge in this tumble-down dobe shack seems more out of place than ever tonight. You didn't expect Ritz Carlton accommodation on an archaeological expedition in the wilderness, I hope. Oh, Pete is down in the dumps tonight. Pretty soon we find what we came here to look for. And then, I see you feel fine again. Huh? When we find what we came here to look for, I won't feel anything. I'll be dead. Oh, snap out of it. How can you be so discouraging when this morning we found the proof that we're searching in the right spot? Who? That obsidian knife? What does that prove? Except that some Aztec lost it here four or five hundred years ago. But, Pete, Dr. Meyer and I have explained that it's a sacred knife. A knife of sacrifice, used only by high priests. Such things weren't carelessly lost any more than the altar vessels of a Christian church would be. I should say not. It was buried, hidden in the ground, and by design, not chance. You know it's a clue to what we're all seeking. 
It's only a question of time now before you and Carl and Dr. Meyer find the treasure. Oh, I know I'm acting like a bad sport, Eunice. But we've been digging in this godforsaken hole for nearly six months now, and... Oh, well, it's all right for Carl and Doc here. They're scientists. But I'm only a greedy engineer. I want the gold that's supposed to be buried here. And we haven't seen a glimmer of it. We saw the hammered bracelet that mosquito found. Pure gold it was. And of the age of Montezuma. So, like fools, we all jumped to the conclusion that when Cortez sacked the city of Mexico, some of the high priests buried some of the temple treasures somewhere around Zacatlan. History agrees that much of the city's wealth was hidden to keep it out of the Spanish hands. And this is certainly a reasonable spot to look for. I know this is the place. That bracelet proves it. And so does the picture writing Carl deciphered. Also, the geological strata in which we found that knife this morning... That knife which could only have belonged to the kind of high priest who would have hid the treasures of the temples. And think of the ancient associations of such a treasure. Boy, even with the cut which the Mexican government will demand out of anything, we'd be millionaires if you fellows are right. Gold. Pure gold. Millions and billions of dollars worth of it might be buried here. The historical value. Oh, the beauty of it. It's only what it means in American dollars that interests me. May I see that knife again? The one you found? I certainly do. You pass it over, Pete, your closest. All right. Here, take it quick. I don't like the hold of the thing. It hasn't very pleasant associations, has it? You say it's made of glass, Dr. Meyer? Yeah. Obsidian is volcanic glass. You're sure it was used for human sacrifices, Carl? I've seen too many such knives to be in doubt about it. As human sacrifice was an everyday occurrence here at the time of the Spanish conquest, ceremonial daggers such as this were very common. The gods of the Aztecs were perhaps the most bloodthirsty ever worshipped. How was the knife used? The victim of the sacrifice was laid prostrate on a great green stone, curved upwards in the middle to elevate the chest. Then the priest plunged the knife in his breast and tore out the living heart. <sighs> Do you wonder I don't want to be reminded that such people were my ancestors? You know, I have a theory that when the treasure we're looking for was buried, this knife was probably used to sacrifice a victim to the spirits of the earth or to the gods of hate and war to gain their favor. So they'd watch over it as it were. What gave you that crazy idea? That isn't crazy. That's been the custom of all peoples. Some of them possessing a much less primitive religion than the Aztecs. And with the Aztecs, anything or nothing was made an excuse for human sacrifice. Put that knife away. Out of my sight. Yes. It gives me the shivers, too. Here, Pete. Put it in the door there. Oh, don't hand it to me. I don't want to touch it again. Oh, don't be such a booby. All right. Give it to me. It's funny. When I hold it in my hand, I... I seem to see the great green stone you spoke about. And a victim for the sacrifice. Hmm? Now you take it, Doc. Take it out of my hand. Put it out of sight. Sure, Pete. Sure. What on earth is the matter with you tonight? You haven't been yourself since we found that thing. Oh, I'll go out and take a walk. Maybe I'll snap out of it. Pete, my boy. I will go, Pete. No, no. I want to be alone. I'm all right. Ah, uh, that filthy Mexican out there has begun to play again. He doesn't lay off. I'll kill him. You! Manuel! Stop that fiddling! Stop it, I tell you! Stop it! Pete, you know he doesn't understand English. Do you understand this, my Peter? Stop him! Drop that gun! Oh, dear! Oh, 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 o
Oh, I don't know. I... If I were as good a shot as you, Carl, that man would be dead. What happened to me? What happened to me? Pete, pull yourself together. What happened to me? Tell me what happened to me. Make him sit down in that chair. I'll get him a drink. What happened to me? Quiet, old man. Oh, it's all right now. No one is hurt. And you'll never do such a crazy thing again. But what made me do... Never mind. Here, drink this whiskey. And thanks. I know what is wrong with you. You've always been used to the city. This quiet here, these woods, these mountains, they have been too different for you. Yes. I've seen this coming for a long time. You've got to have a change. All of us have. You free men work like pack animals all day. And when night comes, the best thing we can think of to do is, is to sit around and play bridge. We might play pinochle for a change. But we don't play at anything. We all make work of everything we do. Pete's outburst just now might have happened to any of us. Carl was impossible to live with last week. And before that, no one could speak to Dr. Meyer. And I, well, I, I want to scream sometimes. We're all on the verge of a nervous blow-up. Eunice is right. We've got to get out of our souls occasionally. But what can we do alone at night? Except play cards and talk. Oh, we must do something it'll be impossible to take seriously. Something childish. Something... Oh, I know what we're going to do. Where are you going? I thought of just the thing. It's terribly infantile, but we may have some fun with it. And we can't take it seriously. I found it. Holy smoke. What's that? A planchet table. I slipped it in a trunk when we left the state, and I'd almost forgotten I had it. We're all going to use it to talk to the spirits. Talk to the spirits? I thought of it when Carl spoke of the Aztecs making a sacrifice to the spirits so they'd guard their very treasure. Maybe those same spirits will tell us where it's hidden. But I don't understand. The friendship table is like a new job board, Doctor. Only it writes messages with a pencil. Well, it's awfully oh. silly, but a lot of fun and a change. Here, all of you draw chairs around this table. I'll get paper and pencil. And put out all the lamps, Carl. It's more spooky in the dark. All right. Hell, you were just a pencil. Oh, such a lot of nonsense. But Eunice has the right idea, Doc. Nonsense is what we need. There. Doc, as I can get it with all this moonlight streaming in. Now, there's all place our fingertips lightly on the little table and hold a thought. Uh, shall we ask it the exact spot to find the Aztec gold? Mm, might as well. That's on all our minds. Oh, such a silliness. It's good of you to try and make me forget I've almost murdered a man. I'm grateful to you. Oh, Pete, please. We're going to play now. All right. I wonder if the spirits could tell us where the gold is hidden. Don't you dare take this thing seriously. No. No, of course not. Isn't it spooky, though? Sitting in the shadows that the moonlight makes. How could you have thought that moon romantic, Eunice? It's a moon of blood. Shining over a bloody land. Pete, snap out of it. I'm trying to figure out what made me shoot at Manuel. Maybe it's the blood of my murderous ancestors who tore hearts from living bodies. Please, please. Maybe this land of theirs is making me revert to type. Pete, you talk like a fool. Oh, stop talking altogether and keep your mind on the question. Besides, we're doing this for fun. You, you give me the creep saying things like that in this dark room and... I won't say anything more. It, it is a strange moon. I see shadows in it. Oh, stop it. Where's the fun here? This thing don't move. Come on, Planchet. Where did the Aztecs hide their treasure from the temples? Oh, you've got to be respectful to spirits. Like this. Great spirits of the dead, give up thy secret. Reveal to us the thing that we should know. Oh, such a lot of nonsense. Quiet. The thing is beginning to move. You're pushing. I am not. None of it is. It's the spirits. <laughs>
The planchette is going fast. I ain't pushing. Pete, are you? Carl, look at Pete. Pete, old man. You're sitting in the darndest shadow. That shadow wasn't there before. What makes it? What makes this little table move? Pete, why don't you answer? Pete is pushing the table. I can feel. Oh, that shadow, Carl. It makes Pete look as though he had on a feathered cloak, a feathered headdress, as though he were an Aztec. Pete, why are you so still? Oh, something's wrong with him. No, light those lamps. He's choking. Someone had him by the throat. He's struggling, fighting with something that ain't there. Oh, Carl, that shadow. The shadow of an Indian in a feathered cloak. It is going away from him. Light, light those lamps. Oh, yes, yes. Doc, Pete's cold as a dead man. Yeah, but he's breathing. And light his pulse is beating. I got a laugh here. Oh, this is ghastly. Oh, he's only fainted. He's coming too now. Pete, Pete. This land, blood of my ancestors... Carl, Doc, Pete, what happened to you? But I, oh, oh. now I know why I tried to shoot that man. Something's trying to steal my body. Something's trying to steal my body. Pete, what nonsense are you talking? Oh, Carl, look what the planchette wrote on this paper. Doc, it's Aztec picture writing. Pete wrote that. I felt him push the planchette. Pete couldn't write it. He doesn't know Aztec. But I know what it means. It tells where to find the treasure. The treasure guarded by the dead. My chief, this is the place. This is the place. Dig, you missed this horse. Dig, dig. I knew that what I wrote that night would lead us to the treasure. Pete, you couldn't have made that picture, Righty. Well, if I didn't make it, who did? I don't know. But I refuse to believe that there was anything supernatural about your thinking so and the action of that planchette. I'll have to see the treasure actually uncovered before I'll believe this is really the spot. This is the spot. And the night on which that planchette revealed it, at two different times, something gained possession of me. Body and soul. But this is the spot, all right. Ain't we already found a few things in the upper layers? Aztec things? In a minute, these workmen are going to lay bare the entire treasure. But I agree with Carl when he says all oh, the rest is craziness. Ah, well, have it your own way. If the gold is here, and I can get out of this blasted country alive with some of it, I'll be satisfied. What do you mean, if you can get out alive? Just what I say. You believed a human sacrifice was made to ensure the guardianship of spirits for this treasure. I believe another must be made before those spirits will give it up. Oh, rot. But the superstition you're talking lately... I'm beginning to think one of your Indian ancestors has set up house inside your brain. Snap out of it. Senores! Senores! Pronto! Carl, Pete, over there. They found something. Senores! Pronto! Quick, come on! Senores! Senores! They found the treasure. They found the treasure. What is it? What have you found? Look, look, senores. Bones. Look what they've uncovered, Carl. A human skeleton. See, see, senores. And it's lying upon a great green stone. A stone that curves upwards to elevate the chest. The stone where the priest laid his sacrifice to tear out the living heart. There's nothing we can do with him, Eunice. Since the men uncovered that green stone and the skeleton, he's absolutely convinced that the only way we'll ever reach the gold is by means of a human sacrifice to what he calls its guardian spirits. The man's mad, mad as a much hare. I wonder... It's been over a week since you found that stone, Carl. And that's all you found. How can you say that when you've seen the vault of masonry it covered? Inside that vault must be the temple treasures. But you have been unable to penetrate that vault. Because the priests did their work so well. It's as strong as a modern safe. You have modern tools. 
The sort that would force any modern safe. We've had accidents with our tools. I've told you, one on top of another. But when we get that fresh dynamite from Mexico City tomorrow and some decent detonating apparatus... Carl, why do you suppose the explosives you already have never failed to work before? Why will they work now anywhere excepting on that vault? Why do your tools break or lose their edges? Why? If you're suggesting there's a supernatural reason, cut it. I hear enough of that stuff from Pete. He's got all the workmen believing it. Our failure to break open that vault has been due to simple accidents, coincidences. There's nothing supernatural in the world. Yet, by the supernatural, you found where the vault was buried. Pete lied to us. He moved that planchette table, and all the time he must have known the ancient picture writing. And the location of that vault, and the great green stone that covered it? Oh, Carl, he's never been in Mexico before. But if it was a spirit who guided his hand that night, why should it have revealed the hiding place? Because it was blood-hungry, perhaps. Its sacrificial knife demands another victim. Oh, Carl, I've come to believe as Pete does. And remember, the spirit revealed that vault through a descendant of the race which hid it. Not through us, whose ancestors destroyed that race and its religion. If... if there's any truth in that funk, Pete isn't in danger at all, as he thinks. No, but we are. Oh, Carl, I've grown afraid in the last few days. I can't bear to look at the moon at night. It seems a moon of blood, as Peter's called it. His people worship the moon, you've told me, with their other gods. A moon of blood, shining over a land of blood. Oh, let's go away from here, Carl. Let's go away. Before we open that vault and find the treasure? Yes, it's not the white men. You're talking nonsense. Tomorrow we'll have the new explosives and then we'll see what's in that vault. I've got to go and join Duck now. He's waiting for me. Is Pete with him? I don't know. I haven't seen him since this morning. Dear, where's that obsidian knife? Did you put it away somewhere? I took it from the drawer last night and laid it on the table here. I haven't seen it. Maybe Peter or Dr. Meyer. Doc hasn't got it. He was asking about it this morning. And Peter's afraid to even touch the thing. I'll look for it. Oh, don't bother now. I must run along. Be back in an hour or so. Goodbye, dear. Goodbye. A moon of blood. A land of blood. A holy moon. An avenging land. Oh, Pete. Oh, I, I never heard you come in. You, you startled me. Carl just went out the other door if you want to catch up with him. Pete, what's the matter with you? You look so, so different. Like... Like perhaps the descendant of an Aztec king. You're like the shadow I thought I saw before your face that night. The shadow that seemed to struggle with you. That you said was trying to steal your body. You have that knife Carl was looking for. You have it in your hand. It is the knife of holy sacrifice. Oh, Pete, keep away from me. Pete, I'm afraid of you. Keep away. Keep away. Oh, Carl. Carl. <laughs> that you scream now. <laughs> and only tonight will I remove this gag that you may scream once upon the great green stone. A scream which may reach the holy moon of blood and the spirits of death which guard my people's treasure. <laughs> One scream upon the great green stone you shall have tonight as I plunge this knife of sacrifice into your breast and tear out your living heart. <laughs> Where can Eunice be, Doc? It's three hours since I went home, and she was gone then. Oh, we should have remained in the house and waited for her. Now perhaps she has come back while we are out here looking. But we did wait in the house until it began to go dark. She never stays outside so late. All this crazy stuff Peter's been saying has made her afraid of the moonlight. Maybe she's with Pete. They used to take long walks together. Not since he began to get so queer. When one is worried, Carl, one is never reasonable. Pete has not been at the digging all afternoon. I bet anything we'll find them safe now at the house. Uh, well, maybe you're right. Come on back and see. All right. 
She wouldn't be over in this direction anyway. From force of habit, I suppose, we seem to have headed for the diggings. At the diggings is the last place she would be. She don't like that big green stone she got there. Oh, come on. We'll get back to the house. The moon is becoming bright now. She's bound to be at home. The moon of blood, she called it. It, it does look strange and red tonight. Wait a minute. Who's that over there? Where? On the bank above the buried vault. That man. Or some mestizo, perhaps. He seems to be bowing. Making queer gestures. Yeah. Bowing to that vault. Now he raises his arms and looks at the moon. That's funny. Oh, drunk, I bet you. But... No, Doc. It's Pete. By gee, it is. Well, acting like a lunatic. He's alone. I knew Eunice wouldn't be with him. Oh, she must be at the shack now. Come on. Wait. What's Pete got there? Look. That big long bundle he's lifting from the shadow by that tree. Come closer. Let's not waste time. I've got to get back to the house, Doc. If I don't find Eunice there... You will find her there. Don't worry, my boy. But that bundle... Pete has laid it on the big green stone. Let's not bother about him. I've got to find out where Eunice is. Wait. That bundle, Carl. It looks like a human body. Yes. It's tied like in a sheet. We're too far away to see it. I can see. It is a body. And that's not a sheet. It's a woman's dress. Good God! That color! Eunice wore a dress that shade. It is Eunice. And Pete has a knife in his hand. That knife of sacrifice. Quick, for God's sake! Carl, we're too far away. We can't make it. I have to make it. He's a madman. You got a gun? No. No, he's a lunatic. I can't shoot a man who doesn't know what he's doing. Run! We've got to stop him. We can't make it. Because he's mad, you've got to shoot. Shoot him in the arm, in the leg. He's raising that knife above her. Eunice! I've got to shoot. And may God forgive me. I shoot to kill. You, you got him. He's fallen across your wife. Across the big green stone. Eunice! Eunice! I'm coming! Oh, oh lift me up here. Untie my hands. Yes, dear, yes. Oh, my dear, my darling. Oh, Pete is dead, Carl. The knife of sacrifice as he fell stabbed him. What's that? The bullet. That dynamite we left in there. That we couldn't make go off. It's blown the vault wide open. The treasure. It is ours, at last. Oh, oh, look at that shadow by the vault. Let me see before. An Arctic priest in feathered cloak. Oh, it's gone now. Disappeared within that shaft of moonlight. Carl, look into that world. Our treasure. Treasure? God. Dead men's bones. And, and rusty Spanish armor. White men's bones. That is the treasure of the Aztecs that we sought. A burial vault of hate and death. <laughs> Satan. <laughs> Come see us again and we'll tell you another pretty bedtime story. <laughs> well, you've got to go home now. Satan and me's got business to tend to. Pardon business. Hey, Satan. Near midnight, Satan. <laughs>